Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Versus Abraham. Sarah Johnson. We have some very exciting news to start off this recording with. I am so excited and it doesn't even feel real. It doesn't feel real because guys, we have been planning this for a long time. It feels like a long time. It's only really been like a few months, but we just announced it on our Instagram. And uh, Purse, what is it? What is going on in the Girl on Girl universe on June 23rd? Your girls are going to be hosting a live podcast in Toronto at Adelaide Hall with some very, very special guests. That's right. Guys, we have been planning this for a while. It's so exciting that it's finally here. We are going to be bringing a bunch of amazing queer guests together to basically do like a live panel discussion with all of these amazing people from Toronto who represent the queer community in all sorts of different ways. Some of them are people we've talked to before on the podcast. Some of them aren't. We're going to be doing like a lot of audience interaction, like fun, lots of fun stuff, lots of music. We can all hang out after and have some drinks. There's going to be a DJ. We're still ironing out some of the details, but it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a party. Oh yeah. It's going to be a party. And basically like our goal with this is to just have like a very open discussion with people like all over the queer community, which is something like I find very fascinating so we can learn the differences and also like the similarities. Yeah. Tickets are on sale now. You can buy them at the link in our bio. A percentage of proceeds from the ticket sales are going to right back to the queer community, of course. And it's a pride month event. So it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a good time. On the bill for our guest list that we're going to be speaking to live are some incredible people, including James Bailey. He is an incredible singer, songwriter, performer, music producer. He's based in Toronto and he has the voice of an angel. Guys, if you haven't listened to James Bailey, hop on to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen and play some of his tunes because they're so beautiful um, and so soulful. AP? Oh just yeah. Like Beautiful voice. Soul. Just oozing from him. We're going to be also talking to our pal, Shannon Burns. Shannon Burns is incredible. We had her on the podcast to talk about her being a lesbian and also identifying as a Christian. And you may be seeing Shannon popping off on TikTok with over 648,000 followers. And you also probably recognize her voice because she's a midday host on 10 different virgin radio stations. So if you're driving, cruising, you'll be hearing Shannon give you all the pop culture tea. 
I can honestly not count how many times I have turned on the radio and it's been Shannon's voice. I think her show on Virgin is 11 to 2, I think. Um, and she's just so good at what she does. Yeah, so for and us to interview Shannon is going to be hilarious. I know, because she spends her days interviewing celebs. Like, guys, the top celebs in the game. Yeah. Taylor Swift, uh, Ed Sheeran, Louis Capaldi, Demi Lovato, Miley Cyrus. I could go on forever. And she's just the best. And we're so excited to be talking to her um, live, along with Kira Graves, who we just had on the podcast recently. They are an actor, content creator. They are gender fluid, queer. They have an incredible YouTube channel where they talk about all things queer. It's a very sex positive YouTube channel. And they've carved out this like amazing space in the queer zeitgeist uh, for a lot of like open, honest conversation about the queer experience as a whole. Um, and I think it's going to be great to talk to them about what it's like to be gender fluid and how that relates to the queer experience. Absolutely. We're so grateful. And we're also going to be talking to the one and only Ali Patel, who Ooh. is an LGBTQ plus scholar and activist, and in their own words, living their best queer South Asian life, which, you know, I love the queer South Asian representation. Represent. Yo, represent. Oh, wait, I said it right. <laughs> Ali is also the founder of a nonprofit organization called the Queer South Asian Women's Network. So, Ali, we're so happy to also have you join in on the conversation. Their perspective is going to be very key. Yeah, their South Asian perspective and their perspective as someone who identifies as gender fluid as well. I think we have such a, first of all, such a cool ass lineup. And second of all, a lineup of people who all come from different backgrounds and different queer experiences. So we're going to be chatting with them about all the things. It's going to be everything that you guys love about this podcast, hopefully. Um, lots of like real talk, authenticity, getting into, you know, the hard topics, but then also a lot of fun. We're going to play some games maybe. Um, and, you know, you guys are going to be in the audience you can ask questions. We can all hang out after. It's just going to be like a really good time. And we're so excited to bring this thing we love into a live public in-person forum. It's going to be new for us. We're a little bit nervous, um, but we know it's going to be great. And we can't wait to throw our own pride party in Toronto, the city we love. Yes. And most importantly, guys, like this is the first time pride is going to be celebrated in two years in person. So I think Pride is a big deal this year for a lot of queers in the city of Toronto. So Sarah and I are just so honored to be a part of it. And guys, you're going to be seeing Sarah and I in the wild. We hope you realize. Like we are voices on your Spotify or Apple, wherever you find podcasts. But no, you're going to be seeing us in the flesh. Yeah, and it's not pretty. It's definitely not as pretty in the flesh. Just warning you. I mean, that's a fair warning. But yeah, it's all going down June 23rd at Adelaide Hall at 8 p.m. And you can find the link to buy tickets in our bio on Instagram at girlxgirlpodcast. Um, and we really, really, really hope to see you guys there. If you can't make it to Toronto, we're not going to be mad at you, obviously. And we are hoping to record the episode, the live episode, so that we can share it with the world and you can listen back later. Yes, exactly. And hey, who knows? Maybe if this goes well, you'll find us in a city near you. A little tour? A little tour. Do you guys want to see Girl on Girl on the Road? On the Road. We should get a tour bus. 
Yes, a pink tour bus. You and me on a tour bus would be chaos. I think it would be perhaps so fun. like crab in the bucket chaos. What's that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know when like um pop stars have like a tour bus and then all the dancers and stuff have little bunkies and then the pop star has like the big bed. Yeah. Well, I would take a bunkie. Those bunkies always looked really cozy to me when I saw them on like on people's behind the scenes tour videos and stuff. Taylor's like, I'll behind sleep. the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll sleep in one of those. I'll take the bed. Okay. Sounds good, baby. Um, okay, Sarah. So what is our topic going to be? We took a little break break, so we're feeling refreshed. We're feeling ready yeah. to dive into a new discussion, and I'm really excited to talk about this. Me too, and I just wanted to say thank you, everyone, for being cool when we take breaks. When we do, we always feel kind of bad about it, but it's always for a very important reason, and this time around, there was some family stuff that needed to come first, and uh, we're back in action, and we're really grateful that we took a little break. Yeah, thank um, you, guys. Yeah, thank you for being cool and sticking by. But Purse, this topic was actually inspired by a post that we put on Instagram. Um, For anyone who follows us, you might know that sometimes we'll create these short little guides and each of them will be based around a queer topic. And it's kind of like a quick little snapshot of something in the queer community that some people might not know about. Um, And it's meant to be very digestible. But this one got a lot of traction and a lot of people had some really interesting feedback about the post and we thought you know this is a topic that we would love to dive in much further into instead of just like a quick little instagram guide so what we're going to talk about is pansexuality versus bisexuality and how the two are different and how they're the same and what it means to be a part of either of those communities Yeah. And I mean, I've actually noticed in my everyday life, I hear a lot of people always saying, I don't really understand the difference between bisexuality and pansexuality. Isn't it the same thing? And I think it's really important to recognize the similarities between the two, but also know that these two labels are very separate and we should like give them that credit for someone who wants to identify as pan or bi. You know what I mean? Like they are actually very different, but I do understand where people can kind of have that confusion and think it's very similar. Of course. Yeah. Right off the bat, we want to say, if you are confused about why these two things are different, of course you're confused. They are very similar ideas. Like this isn't something that you're just supposed to inherently know. So first off the bat, if you're feeling confused, we hear you. Don't worry. You came to the right place. We're going to demystify the whole thing because they are different. And like Persa said, it's really important to notify the differences. Notify the differences. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a thing, but I said it. So I'm going to make it a thing. We're going to notify the differences. We're like, going to notify them. Note them. We're going to note them, but notify. We talk on the pod all the time about labels and how sometimes they're good and sometimes they can be harmful and um, everyone's relationship to labels is their own unique thing. But if you identify with pansexuality or bisexuality, then that's incredible and that's really important. And you should kind of like hold that label with a lot of a lot of love and a lot of respect for what that label means. And so that's why we wanted to to focus on these two labels. Because for people who identify under that umbrella, um, it feels good to to look at a word and be like, that word makes sense to me. That definition 
helps me define who I am. Yeah, I mean, not to bring it back to the last episode we recorded, but even when Sarah and I talked about the attractions and how we talked about how certain attractions just felt so right to us, like having that label almost like answered many questions her and I had had, like as we navigated our early 20s back in the day. So, I mean, listen, labels can be important and sometimes they don't matter. At the end of the day, we're all just living. We're all just humans trying to get by in this wild, wild West. The West is wild. It truly is. But the more we know ourselves and the more we love each other, the, the easier it gets. Agreed. And understand each other. Yes. And not judge. We don't want to judge Judy's up in here. Only Judge Judy can be Judge Judy. And did you know she's yeah. a Libra? No, she's not. Judge Judy's a Libra. She doesn't have a Libra energy. I think that's why she's a judge. Libras would be great judges. Because they're diplomatic. They see both sides. Yeah. Yeah, but Judge Judy, for being a judge, has very strong opinions. (laughs) You know what? Yeah, very. But you know what? I think Judge Judy, sorry guys, side note, is a really sweet human under that. I think she did it for the show. She's probably a really sweet lady. Do you know her personally? No, but I would love to meet Judge Judy. She's so cute. They're calling her a gay icon. Yeah, we don't have credible sources at this time. If anyone listening knows for sure whether Judge Judy is queer, can you just let us know? Because it would just be exciting news, first of all. Second of all, we could get her on the podcast. And you know what? Whether she's queer or not, we could get her on the podcast because she supports gay marriage. So we can talk about allyship. Amen, sister. Purse, maybe we can get her to like mediate an argument between us. That would be incredible. Live on the podcast. We can be be like, I think this person thinks this, like help us mediate and someone will come out on top and someone will have to go to jail. Imagine Judge Judy like judging us. (laughs) The only person that I'll allow to judge me in front of me is Judge Judy. I might uh, win because I have her on a shirt. No, you don't. I do. Yeah, I have a shirt that says not all Libras and Judge Judy's on it. Oh, right. I know that shirt. Okay. Well, don't wear that shirt to the interview because then you'll get bias, which is not allowed in the courtroom. Oh, I'm sorry. Is anyone going to tell me to take it off? I will. Wink, wink. And then Judge Judy will be like, no, my lawyer will be like, objection. Oh, who's your lawyer? Are you getting a lawyer? I should get one. Kim Kardashian's my lawyer. Oh, nice. I've been watching a lot of Suits lately. Suits is like a show that I keep coming back to over and over over the years. So I'm on a lawyer kick. So maybe I could be my own lawyer. I object. Good luck, honey. You know who you should get? Camille from uh, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case. Oh, I heard a rumor that they were dating. But then I heard another source that said it was false. we should just get back to the episode we are side we are we are making up false rumors on a live podcast we are stirring up the pot on this podcast okay purse you're right let's get to the matter at hand okay we want to talk about pansexuality okay that's what we're going to dive into first let's define what it is um for the people okay oh a little history lesson here a little linguistics yeah from your greek goddess perseus yeah, Perseus uh, put together some key information from her ancestry. The pan in pansexual means all in Greek. Very cool. Didn't know that. 
And that's why the term pansexual describes someone who is attracted to any and all genders. But the key here with pansexuality, and this is where the main difference comes from between this and bisexuality, is that gender doesn't determine attraction for people who identify as pansexual. It's not about gender. Um, they typically don't prefer one gender over the other. Their attraction comes solely from energy, personality, vibe. It's not about the gender at all. Yeah, and um, listen, guys, I've actually never watched Schitt's Creek, so I hope no one yells at me, and I, I really want to, and maybe I'll binge it one day. But Dan Levy's character, David, isn't he pansexual? He is. Yeah, he's openly pansexual. So I guess there's a quote where David on the show says he likes the wine, not the label, when he describes his sexual preferences, which I think is cool. Um, yeah. So I guess that's a cool way to also describe his pansexuality, meaning like in a way when it's like a person, you, you like the person, you like the energy. It does, their gender doesn't matter. Yeah, you like what's inside the bottle, not what's on the outside. It's almost like not judging a book by its cover, but it, but specifically like the cover equals gender. But then again, I, I know we're coming at this, but like everyone's experience is also very different. So some pansexual people may have gender preferences and that's also very, very, very valid because not everyone's experience will be the same. Totally. And it's all about how you identify. So even though there is a definition for what pansexual means on a broad spectrum, it is a spectrum at the end of the day. So you can identify as pansexual and still kind of have attractions to people based on their gender, depending on the person, depending on the situation. Like attraction is so complex, like we talked about in our last episode. Actually, this episode would be a great one to pair with the last one we released, guys. So if you haven't listened to um, our most recent episode, is called What's My Type. Uh, we talk about the different types of attraction. It was really interesting. It was one of the most useful conversations for me personally that we've had. So that might be a cool kind of like double feature uh, if you're listening right now so you can understand how attraction kind of seeps into pansexuality and bisexuality because it is about what you're attracted to and who you're attracted to. Yeah, that's a really good point. I've heard a lot of pansexual people when describing what pansexual means to them, saying that like pansexuality includes attraction to because it doesn't matter, because gender doesn't really matter to them as much. Trans people, um, non-binary people, like anyone who kind of exists differently within the, within the gender spectrum, they they can be very attracted to them because it's not about the gender. So pan has always felt to me kind of like this very free-flowing, fluid kind of label that is just so rooted in like emotional attraction more than anything else. Of course, phys physical and sexual attraction is part of it too, but it's all about like, do I connect with this person? Is it, does this person give me butterflies is how I kind of, how I kind of see pansexuality. I think it's so beautiful. I think it's such yeah. a beautiful orientation. Um, the freedom to like love so many people, you know what I mean? Like to have that ability, I think is like beautiful. That's the only word I can like think of right now on the spot. But uh, well, yeah, because it's breaking the gender norms. It's completely smashing any um, societal expectation of like 
what I, as a female identifying person, should find attractive in another person. And saying, I don't care about any of that. I don't care about a man being rugged or a woman being dainty. You know what I mean? Like all these stereotypes that we're kind of like forced into from birth. It's like, I don't care about any of that. I just, it's all about connection to me. Yeah. It's the vibe. It's, it's the, you love someone for like who they are inside, their light, their energy. We do want to make it super clear that we're not saying Pan is the only identity that loves people for who they are inside. That's absolutely not what we're saying because bisexuality, same, same. Bisexual people, of course, love people for their connection, the the energy, the vibe, the personality, who they are inside, all of that beautiful stuff that we just mentioned. However, the thing that makes bisexuality different from pansexuality is that you're attracted to genders like yours and genders that are different from yours too. Gender might actually play a bigger role in your attraction to someone. Whereas for someone who's pansexual, typically gender doesn't play a role. If I identified as bisexual, I might really be into a man because of, because of that gender. There might be something about that male gender that they identify with that I'm attracted to. Mm -hmm. So like, like we said, every individual's so different and everyone's experience is so different. We will never speak for anybody else, but just to kind of give it the definition to like make, make it easier. It's more just like, there's a focus on a gender in bisexuality rather than pan. Whereas pan, there's usually no focus on the gender. Yeah. And just like how pan means all in Greek, a lot of people, (laughs) including me, (laughs) might think, right off the bat, that bisexuality, because of the bi, means you're attracted to two genders, male and female, um, because obviously bi means two. However, the bi in bisexuality doesn't necessarily equal an attraction to just two genders, but instead two or more genders, including your own. And that's because why limit it to two genders? Gender is a spectrum, as we've talked about a million times on this pod, and Um, A bisexual person can be attracted to someone who doesn't identify as male or female, but somewhere in the middle or is trans, however, however that person identifies. We've defined pansexuality. We've defined bisexuality. We've talked a little bit about the differences, but in case you're listening and you're like, whoa, things are like flying over my head. We hear you. Let's just summarize this in like a nice little bow, even though sexuality and gender can never be wrapped up in a nice little bow. Because bi and pan are two terms that get used interchangeably all the time um, because they sound so similar. But bi and pan are both sexual orientations. That we know. Um, And they both describe a person's attraction. I think that's kind of key. It's like that that's the focus when it comes to pan and bi. It's like who you're attracted to. And both sexual orientations are attracted to more than one gender. Those are the ways that bi and pan are similar. It's this free-flowing, fluid experience. And yeah, it's like you were saying earlier, it's kind of exciting that you're not limited to any to being attracted to any one type of person. You can kind of open yourself up to more types of love, which is, I mean, we love love on this podcast. We do, and different kinds of love and how like, how that's... Uh what makes our world so exciting. I mean, 
even for me as a gay woman, and I'm so happy to identify as a gay woman, like honestly, and as we went to the attractions and all that, like we said, this does totally fall in line with our attraction episode, which I didn't even realize, which is hilarious. But at this point in my life, I only have like a romantic and sexual attraction to women. That is how I identify. I'm so happy with it and it's me, but I really do see the beauty in the ability to like not have those limitations as that I just feel as a gay woman, but that's just how I was born. That's me. I can't change that. But also at the same time, how like sexuality can be very fluid and I don't have to be like stuck in this certain way. You know what I mean? Like things can change. You never know. Yeah. But I think that's just what the beauty of life is and sexual orientations. The more we get to like learn about each other. I agree. That's beautiful. The beauty of life. The beauty of life. (laughs) The beauty of life by Persis Abraham. It would just be me being like, I'm gay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a memoir and you open it up and it's just one page that says I'm gay. The end. <laughs> but uh, you know you know what I'm trying to say? I guess like I think this all comes down to like love. Yeah, and different kinds of love and the freedom to love who we want. Doesn't matter okay. gender. Gender is a social construct. We we we've, we've been talking about this. Yes, gender is a social construct, but the the great thing about bisexual the great thing about identifying with any sexual orientation is like for example, someone who identifies as bisexual could be super attracted to someone who fits within that stereotypical male gender norm for example. So as as much as gender is a construct, it's also totally okay to be attracted to the construct. You know what I mean? If like, and I mean, especially speaking from a heterosexual perspective, I'm very attracted to the, to a stereotypical male. I just am. And, and it's, and I'm happy with, it's exactly like you just said, everything you just said about your attraction that makes you feel like comfortable and happy. I feel the same way about that. And that's totally okay. That's great. I think it's just acknowledges that everyone has a place in romance. Everyone has, you know, Every single person out there will have, will be attractive to someone. You know what I'm saying? No matter where they fit on the gender spectrum. I agree. And no matter what type of attraction it is. Exactly. (gasps) So many types of attraction. I don't want to give them the types because they have to listen. (laughs) Yeah, guys. uh, If you didn't listen to our last episode, please go back one and you'll find out what all of those attractions are and what they mean. Please do. So, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. Oh, God. Okay. I'm nervous. <laughs> break it down. Let's break it down real simple, real simple, okay? Okay. I, Sarah, I'm really confused. What are the differences between pansexuals and bisexuals? Okay. Here's the answer I'm going to give. Let me know if you feel it's accurate based on the conversation we've had so far, okay? A pansexual person might be attracted to someone because of their energy, personality, vibe, a connection they have with that person. It doesn't really have anything to do with gender at all. A bisexual person might like someone for all those same reasons, energy, vibe, personality, connection. However, they might also be attracted to that person because of, for example, how they identify as a female. The fact that they 
identify as a female might be very attractive to that person. Gender plays a role in their attraction. Gender doesn't play as much of a role for a pansexual person. How did I do? You got an A++. I did. That was amazing. Thank you so much. And at the end of the day, we can be and identify in whichever way we, whatever way we want. We're allowed to also change our labels. I, I mean, we say that all the time. But I was um, thinking about Kehlani the other day because I think about Kehlani every day. Yeah, in the shower, before oh. bed. Yeah. In the morning when you wake up. Yeah. When I'm stretching. Oh, oh. <laughs> sensual. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. She gets nervous. But I kind of You're wanna... so nervous right now. I got nervous because um oh, I bought tickets to go see Kehlani in August. In Toronto? Mm-hmm. Where is she playing? Budweiser. Stage? Yeah. Blue Water Road Trip Tour. And the album the new album is so good, guys. I I love it. It's been selling out though, eh? Like when I even tried to get tickets in TO, it was like I literally jumped in was the pre-sale and their pre-sale thing was almost sold out and they had to add in new dates for like New York and a few other cities. Oh, your baby's getting famous. I know, but I I can't be uh I can't be trying too hard and coming in with home wrecking energy because Kehlani is in a relationship with a beautiful girl. She is? With a rapper. Oh my God, this is news to me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so pers- why did you bring up Kehlani? Did you, honestly, if you just wanted to talk about her because it's Kehlani, I won't blame you. So, sorry, the reason why I brought up the love of my life and then I got flustered and nervous and had to talk about how I'm going to her show. Super nervous. Is because I feel like Kehlani is a really good example about like how you can kind of jump around in different labels in the LGBTQ spectrum. And she's someone who tweeted one time, I forget when this was, because now she's recently come out as a lesbian. But at one point, Kehlani tweeted, not bi, not straight. I'm attracted to women, men, really attracted to queer men, non-binary people, intersex people, trans people, little poly pansexual poppy. Hello, good morning. Does that answer your questions? (laughs) I love her so much. But I just thought it was really like, it's just funny. I think my favorite part of that was when she said, I'm very attracted to queer men. It's like, there are no boundaries to attraction. No, none. Um, Purse, as much as I know you like to talk about Kehlani, I would actually rather talk about you for a second because you also have changed labels and you identified as bi for a long time. How did you feel when you identified as bi? Did you feel like people embraced your identity? Do you, did you feel empowered in that identity? How did you feel? Personally, for me, um, I don't really think I felt that empowered, to be honest, only because I really feel like at the time, um, and maybe it was the time I did come out, I was 18. What year was that? 2013? Yeah, 2013. Yeah, I think so. Wow. <laughs> I was truly, scary. I, I truly had a crisis. I was like 2013. I was 18. That seems so long ago. Are you having a midlife crisis? Yes. Um, I felt like I wasn't welcomed with a lot of like, I don't know. There was a lot of stigma. I think I've talked about this before, how it's like, okay, maybe it's a phase. She probably likes girls more. She probably likes guys more. Um, whereas like we kind of talked about 
the definition of bisexuality is to be attracted to two or more genders. So me at the time identifying as a bi woman, I think just based on my environment, I didn't feel very like welcomed personally, but Mm -hmm. even for myself, because sexuality is a journey and I was discovering like my different attractions and how it compared to women and men, um, was a little bit more confusing for me. I don't think I embraced it. I think it scared me because I was like, I'm confused. Like, right. I just saw 11-11 again. That's weird. Guys, Pris has been seeing 11-11 everywhere lately. What does it mean? Can someone tell us what it means? Does anyone know about like angel numbers or whatever? It also happened when I was FaceTiming Danielle last night. Once again, I, I opened my phone to check 11-11 and I screamed. And she was like, are you good? Because it's been uh, happening. It's been happening. Okay, what does it mean? Guys, what does it mean? It means you're on the right path. Oh, I like that. I really, I like that you saw that while we were recording this episode. Because it was like the universe saying, you're on the right path with this podcast. <laughs> um, it just freaked me out. Sorry, guys. I totally didn't even have to interrupt. But uh yeah, I kind of wish I embraced it more at that time. I mean, I am who I am now because I had to do some inner work and sexuality is a journey. It's not so black and white. But as we were reading this back, I was like, oh, I wish I like, I wish I did feel a little bit more empowered at the time identifying as bi. And then also leaving that label and being like, it's okay. But at the time when I did come out as gay, I was a lot better. I think I just... I I did embrace being gay. That's for sure. Yeah. I think that confusion makes sense, especially because you didn't have anyone around you who identified as bi. Like, I don't think you had anyone who you could confide in or feel empowered by because not only was there no one really in your inner circle who was like, I'm bi too, let's talk about it. You also had people, like you said, um, not embracing your identity at all and telling you that you know, you have to either like, guys or girls more like people who you were really close to like important people in your life so I can only imagine if I had the same experience I wouldn't be I wouldn't have like the confidence at such a young age to be like I don't care what they say I'm going to embrace this identity I would be like am I wrong about this who do I really like I have to choose one I wouldn't be able to be It's hard to feel empowered when no one's empowering you. Like, it's hard to empower yourself all alone at 18. Oh, my gosh. Yes. And that's actually why I want to clarify, too. This is, it's, this is not when I came out as bi on the internet. This is when I came out as bi first to family and friends when I was 18. I came yeah. out as bi on the internet at 23. So years had passed. Yeah. And at 23, I think you were definitely much more solidified in your identity from what I could see as your best friend. But even then you were still, I think you were still kind of like trying to figure things out, like trying to navigate your attractions because your attractions were so different depending on the person and like across genders for sure. But you were having all these different attractions to women versus men, but then some men would kind of surprise you with an attraction you didn't expect. And same thing with women. You were just like a whole mixed bag of attraction. I don't think I really knew the term pan at the time because Mm -hmm. I think that would have been natural for me to maybe also think about 
am I maybe identifying more with like pan because is it, is it someone's energy I'm really attracted to? Because at least with men, when I was so confused, I was like, I know it's not really like the physical and gender I'm feeling with you. I really liked a guy, like really liked a guy for his energy. I'm not going to keep that in. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were saying it like to keep in. I was like, that is ballsy. I'll bleep it. But because at the time I was spending a lot of time with him, a lot of time with him. At the same time, I was seeing Regina, but Regina and I were not monogamous in a relationship. So before y'all are like, what? No. And also nothing was happening with this guy, but I definitely felt a lot of feelings towards him, but it was only his energy. So it's really interesting that Pan never really got brought up for me at that time, but I also didn't really know. I was just figuring so many things out. For sure. And also I do think that, I mean, of course now you identify as gay, you're attracted to women. Gender does play a big role in your attraction. But at the time, I do think gender was was playing a role. Like, for example, we've talked a bunch about how your type has always kind of been like the very femme presenting woman. And, you know, that's that typically is someone who's operating within like a female identifying um, identity. Yeah, like a female identifying identity. <laughs> Maybe a female identifying when she tries human. To sound yeah, someone who identifies as female, like in the more traditional um, societal norm way that you might imagine. All I'm trying to say is that I think Pan would have been super exciting for you to like learn about and explore and think about your attractions, but you have always seemed to me like someone who gender did play a role, which I think is how you ultimately landed at this point in your life where you identify as gay. You're like, I, I like girls. Yeah. But the other thing I wanted to say is that, yeah, gender played a huge role in for me discovering who I'm, who I am now as a gay woman, for sure, because I realized like, I am a human who enjoys sensual contact and like romance and like emotional connections and love. I love love. She's a simp. I'm a simp. And at the end of the day, uh, I can only really feel that I feel authentic doing that with a woman. That's just me. But I guess I'm just wondering because my feelings for this guy, I didn't, I just don't think I thought about his gender at all, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. why that's why I always thought it was interesting. But then it was just an energy thing where I was like, oh, and we were really close, but yeah, yeah. Man, times change. No, that is interesting. And I think that's where I think that's a really great example of how complex sexual identity can be. Like I absolutely believe that you can be someone who at times identifies as pan or feels pan. And then at times feels lesbian. And then at times feels um, bi. Like, I think that's why fluidity is so great and why we talk about how no labels is totally a-okay and sometimes even, like, the better option because it's totally possible that you could have... Your attraction to this mystery man we're talking about could have been almost like a pansexual kind of thing. But then your attraction to Regina could have been very much... A lesbian attraction like you know what I'm saying I think that you don't have to just identify in one place at one time we are much more 
complicated than that. Humans are not that simple. No, no, we're not. And uh, I just want everyone to not judge at the end of the day. It's, it's not your life. It's their life. Like, even for me, um, I think at the end of the day, like I was allowed to like figure out that stuff on my own without having people weighing in on their like opinions, you know? Yeah. But people did weigh in with their opinions. Yeah. Like, I think you're speaking from experience when you say, when you say like, please don't judge because it makes, it just makes it hard. Why? Like it just made it harder for you in the long run. And I know that no one was doing that maliciously. I know that like everyone meant the best at the time, but it just made the, the journey that much more like, um, hard to navigate for you. And why, why do that when you could just make it easier for the person and have them embrace themselves and figure it out along the way? Growing pains, man. I know. I totally agree. So do you feel like we explain the differences well enough? Like guys, do you, do you feel, does everyone feel up to date? Is everyone feeling like they're in the know? Yeah. And if you guys also like have more questions about any sexual orientation and maybe just want to find out more, DM us at Girl X Girl Podcast. We're happy to like help out as much as we can. Me as someone who has bounced around with labels and thought about different ways I identified can definitely help and give you like some advice. And Sarah watched me through that for like all the years we lived together. Yeah. I watched you very closely. Yeah. From she, afar. She Maybe like, too closely. She would stare into my... Uh, into my uh, room. Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Guys. That <laughs> yes, was you fake would. news. Yes, you would. Remember that one time? I would never stare into your room. You would. I would stare into your soul when we were together. Do you remember when we um, lived at Joe Schuster and like the bathrooms were connected? Yes, well, the bathroom I do. Was connected in our doors. Yeah, we had a conjoined bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, we had a conjoined bathroom. Yeah, so when that was a thing, Sarah would sneak into my room. (laughs) Listen, in that apartment, I didn't have a window. I didn't have a door, okay? You had a window and a door. So forgive me for needing to get a little bit of sunlight and a little bit of a snuggle, okay? Forgive me. You are forgiven. I remember us moving into that apartment and (laughs) so naively being like, this is a nice place. And (laughs) our parents both saw it and they were like, this is a shoebox. And Sarah, you don't have a door to your room. (laughs) I was like, guys, guys, it's fine. Like, I don't need a door. You know when I need a door? When Persis comes home at two in the morning with Regina and they're causing a ruckus and playing music really loud and I have to get up early in the morning. (laughs) Okay? That's when I need a door. Thank you very much. Oh no, Sarah's airing out some dirty laundry. Sarah didn't like Regina. It's not that I didn't love (laughs) Trails off into the distance. That was so long ago. It's all water under the bridge. We had some great times, Percy Buns, and we had good times figuring out how the hell you identify 
And I'm so happy we are here, feeling confident, feeling good, feeling like we know ourselves better. And that's all we want for all of you, whoever's listening. If you're out there, you're hearing this right now. It's all about just feeling good, feeling cozy in yourself. That's what we want to promote here at the end of the day. Like, it's complicated. It's a complicated process. So don't overthink it. Just go off of feeling is what I always say. Just go with the flow. Go with the flow. And if you identify as pan or bi and want to share your story or if you have like, if you think something we said was totally incorrect or doesn't apply to you, please reach out. Please send us a mailbag. Send us a little audio note about your experience, your queer experience. Um, We'd love to share more bi and pan stories on the podcast because we love y'all. And the more we know, the more we grow. And we just love hearing from you. It makes us so happy. It really does. We love when you guys reach out. So please keep doing it. And come to our live event. Yeah, come to our live event, please. Please come. (laughs) Come hang out with us. Please come to Toronto. Toronto is the best. We'll be signing autographs. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get headshots done. We should get like, we should do like a couple's photo shoot and then print them off like headshots and sign them at the show. Perfect. Yes. We'll bring a stack of them. Perfect. Because we know the demand is going to be wild. Oh, and Persis, I was going to say, I'm springing this on Persis, but I think you'd agree. If anyone's still listening <laughs> to the to this episode um, and you have a question for one of our guests who we're going to be speaking to at the live event, shoot us a DM or an email, girlxgirlpodcast at gmail.com and let us know what the question is. We'd love to take audience questions ahead of time, especially from anyone who lives outside of Ontario or outside of Canada and can't make it to the show in person um, so that we can ask your question to our guests and uh, you can listen to the answer once we post the live podcast. That's a really good idea. Yes, because we definitely want to get the audience involved as much as possible and we know not all of you are in Toronto, so just DM us. Our DMs are open and we will answer. We will patiently wait. If you want to learn more about our guests, go to our Instagram and click on the post that we made about the event. And we tagged all of our guests. So you can go and check out their Instagram, see their content and learn more about them. And then you can ask us questions and we'll ask them those questions and they'll answer those questions. And we'll just all feel so connected. <laughs> we'll all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> That's actually what the event is. Yeah, we're not actually going to be interviewing. We're just going to be singing. No one can sing like James Bailey, though. Purse, tell us what this week's In Case You Missed It is all about. It's a very interesting one. So, Calvin Klein actually faced backlash for their ad campaign that was featuring a pregnant transgender man. So, and this was um, on a campaign all around Mother's Day to celebrate women and mothers all over the world and spotlight the realities of new families, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. And in the ad campaign, they featured Roberto Bett, a pregnant trans man, and their partner, Erica Fija, a transgender woman. But once they posted this on Instagram, I mean, it's really sad, but I almost feel like it's expected and they probably would have prepared for this, that uh, it led to so many hate comments on this post that Calvin Klein had to issue a statement. Right. What does the statement say? 
Also, yeah, Purse, you make a good point, especially coming from you, someone who works in social media. The reality is when Calvin Klein was putting together this campaign, they definitely were preparing for at least some hate um, from, you know, the deep, dark corners of the Internet and people being trolls. But I think it was probably more backlash than they were expecting because they had to release this statement. I think it was way more backlash than they thought. Um, This is what they said. So Calvin Klein goes, we embrace this platform as an inclusive and respectful environment for individualism and self-expression. At Calvin Klein, we tolerate everything except intolerance. Any intolerant commentary will be removed and any accounts issuing hateful statements may be blocked. We look forward to continuing a positive and inclusive dialogue in partnership with our community. Amazing. So they were standing by their campaign. They stood by it, didn't take it down. If anything, comments on this post have been limited. What I'm looking through now, as I'm going through the comments, it's uh, it's all positive comments. Oh, really? Okay. So they've taken away the, the bad ones. They did. I definitely, they're monitoring. They're probably blocking anybody, removing any comments. Because all of this right now is saying like, Calvin Klein, like heart, heart, clapping, great response. It's not hurting them or anyone else. Mind your business. Beautiful couple. It's literally 2022. Stay mad, transphobes. Get well soon. <laughs> yeah. Like at this point now, I'm, I'm really glad they stood by it because I think sometimes brands can get scared that they're going to like, it's going to ruin sales or... Well, this is truly a first. Like this ad is something that I don't I have never seen a brand do personally having a pregnant transgender man as front and center, especially with a transgender partner. Um so I think like Calvin Klein there's no way I don't think they would have put this ad out and then like taken it down. Like they knew exactly what they were doing. They were like, this is pretty, you know, revolutionary, but we want to show that this is a real family and there are many more real families like this out in the world. And we want to show that this is absolutely a reality because it is. It is such a reality. And I love like how beautiful to do this on Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that this person, Roberto, can identify as a transgender man and still be a mother, still be someone who is carrying a child and will have that child and raise that child and bring that child up in the world. It's really exciting and beautiful. Um, But I did see that some of the hateful comments, I, I would say most of the hateful comments and the backlash were kind of centered around this argument that kind of this this narrative of like oh so now we're telling people that men can be pregnant oh i think i saw that a lot when i was looking at this ad and this backlash and it's just um it's just interesting how stuck in gender roles we are and i totally can understand someone maybe seeing a person who looks male identifying and is pregnant and being i don't know maybe confused or having to take a beat i i i understand that but that's very different from um being angry and hateful 
I agree. There's no reason to be hateful. If you're confused, maybe ask a question. Be like, I would love this to be explained to me because I'm just like a little confused with what I'm seeing. What is this? Yeah. Yeah. I think that I like that there's, I think there should be room for questions. There should be room for like, this is new. Maybe I've never seen this before. Let's talk about it so I can learn more about this experience and what this experience might be like. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily think it should immediately be like, amazing, good job. Like there's room to, to talk about it and yeah, ask questions like we just said. Of course, there's always room to ask questions, but the people who are commenting hate aren't there. I feel like they're just most of the time pretty ignorant because if they're commenting hateful words, I have so many questions for you as a human because you're allowed, it's your delivery, I guess. It's your approach. You can be hella confused, but know how to ask something in a respectful way. Yeah. And be like, I think I need to be educated. Can someone explain? Yeah. Yeah. And like how exciting it is to be educated on this totally new thing that maybe you haven't seen before, a transgender man with child. Maybe that's new to you. And that's so exciting. Why don't you learn a little bit more about that and what that might be like? What a cool experience that must be for that person. And also, it's a real person in the world. Roberto is a real person and he has a partner who is a real person and they are having this family and it's a real family. So I think like, you know, it's not some character on a TV show. You know what I mean? Someone actually commented, how is this man pregnant? Can someone explain? I think that's great. Like, let's talk about, I think it would be a really interesting conversation to understand the ins and outs of how hormone therapy relates to pregnancy, especially when you're transitioning from identify or um, assigned female at birth to a male identifying person. Um, I uh, follow a few other trans men who have been pregnant as trans men. So it's it's not just Roberto. This, this this is something that happens all over the world. And I think it's really interesting. Like I would love to have someone on the podcast to dive into maybe more of the minutiae. And also at the same time, as much as questions are important, education is important. I also feel like it's that person's life and it's not your life. So at the end of the day, like I think, yeah, ask your questions, absolutely. But, you know, there does have to be a line of like, at a certain point, just be happy that that person's happy. I agree. I agree. It's good to educate yourself, but there's a line and don't, you don't need to cross it. <laughs> just, just be happy for them. My take on this is that I'm really happy Calvin Klein did this. I think it's a super inclusive campaign. It's really exciting. It's really new. It shows a real thing happening out there in the world that, probably a lot of people haven't seen before. Um, they, you're right. They probably knew they were going to get backlash. Backlash on the internet is inevitable, but I'm happy that they stood by it and that um, hopefully there will be more campaigns like this because someone can see themselves in that and feel super empowered and happy. And also I'm sure Roberto and their partner felt so amazing in, in that shoot and being part of that campaign. I agree. And I think it's like brands need to keep doing things like this to spread awareness and shine light on those people whose stories deserve to be told and show once again in the media that families look different. And I love, like Calvin Klein said, this is family. Yeah, because it is. That's not, that's not like a marketing 
slogan. Like it actually is Roberto and their partner's family. It's just the reality of it. So beautiful. Good for you, Calvin Klein. Yeah. Good job, Calvin Klein. You did it. You did the damn thing. Okay, Purse, it's getting late over there and I think my baby needs to go to sleep. Yeah, I'm getting sleepy. Oh, also, just to before we sign off, pod listeners, I'm a little creeped out because Sarah and I talk like Travis and Courtney. <laughs> Travis Barker and Courtney Kardashian. Like I watched the episode today and Travis again, once again said, she asked him a question. He's like, oh yeah, whatever my baby wants. Or he said, my baby's so strong. She was like talking about how she, they're trying to get pregnant and they're waiting for something. And she goes, yeah, this procedure is this. And he goes, well, my baby's so strong. Okay. But purse, we're doing it ironically and they're not. I just really need to make sure that that is loud and proud. I'm not doing it ironically. Oh. Oh. Um, okay. Well, that's all the time we have for today, folks. Um, I'm just going to log off of this Zoom chat like right now super quickly so I don't have to stay within this conversation. Um, so, Purse, I'll talk to you later, okay? Okay. Um, yeah, my baby needs to sign off and do some grocery baby. shopping. Baby. Baby. It's also fun calling you baby because you're just a little. You're like a little baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm really signing off. I'm signing off. <laughs>